Welcome back to the Deposit That Podcast. Today we have a special guest here. Before we even tell you who he is, we're going to play his introduction song. It's not this. Too cheap to pay for YouTube premium, so I get all these stupid ads that come up. So imagine this was your introductory song. Oh my God. That'd be terrible. All right, let's skip that. That'd be rough. Let's skip that. This is. You know the song? I've heard it. So welcome to the deposit that studio, not to the jungle. You got the jungle down where you are. So welcome Colt Clady to the show. Colt, pleasure having you. It's been a pleasure spending a couple of days with you getting to know you as well. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. So the, the goal of today's episode is to get people off the fence. Some people like deposit that. Some people are unsure of deposit that. And I really bring it down to a mentality. Either you're a worker and you want to get it or you want to be complacent and content and stay where you're at status quo. How have you gotten to the level of success from a physical standpoint in your life? And how have you avoided all of the negative obstacles that you faced along your journey? Man, it's just, you got to be motivated severely. Like beyond that, you got to have a certain, like a reason why you're doing stuff. It's got to be strong enough to carry you through the hard times and adversity that you're going to hit. Like it was just important to me. I valued it at the highest level to Every day, make sure that I have to take the certain steps so I can be successful. So for as far as from like working out, for me to, you know, get to where I want to be that, I had to, every day I had to do something to get a little better. So that was my motivation. I knew it wasn't going to come overnight and I had to just, it was going to be a whole drawn out process and it's been a lifetime of work for me. So it's it's just something that I kept on. I was resilient. Like, now you what, said you started working out when you were nine or 10 years old, right? Eight or nine. Yeah. Eight or nine. And what were you Consistently, working? Consistently, like... Like almost every day, pretty much. And what were your workouts like back then, 20, 30 years ago? Oh, that was just basically hill sprints, carrying my dad up the hill, push-ups, pull-ups, dips, body weight exercise, lunge walks, a you, lot of lunge walks. You said your dad broke your balls and your ass, right? <laughs> Everything. Broke me, broke me down mentally, physically. Like I'd be out there hanging on the fence, throwing up. The neighbors would be laughing at me, looking. And... What went through your mind when they were laughing at you while you were throwing up? Oh, like... I want to rip your head off or my, I can't breathe. <laughs> well, I mean, I was just so miserable at the time. Like, they were asking if I'm all right. And, stuff. <laughs> and you know, my mom, would she would be like, that's crazy. And, you know, she just didn't, she never got it. <laughs> she wasn't built like that? No, she was into working out. She was one of the main reasons to get me into working out. She's an aerobics instructor back in the 80s. She used to take me to her classes at four in the morning. She, and I was like a little kid, like four years old. She dragged me there. That kind of shit, I would see what was going on and try to do the little exercises they were doing. And that got me into it. And my dad, you know, played ball and everything and was into it. And that's just kind of how it snowballed. So you made a good point earlier when we were working out. So if you notice, I can't move my arms past my shoulders right now because we did a nice little <laughs> workout this morning, right? I died like on like little girl weight, if you will. When you look at an athlete and they look at a bodybuilder, you make a good point of, you know, what are you training for? Are you training to be an athlete? Are you training to be a bodybuilder? Are you training to look good? You know, what are those top three things that you look for when you're sizing somebody up before you're going to train them? It's always the reason why is no matter what you're doing is what's the most important. And if you're going to be successful or not, that's got to be strong enough to carry you through all of that. Me personally, it, it doesn't matter to me if you're strong and you're being strong, but you're slow and unathletic and can't move. And if you you could be small and move very fast and real athletic, but you're not really strong and, you know, you can't do much damage. Like, I like the person that I was explaining to you before that's 
you know, strong enough to better handle the 300 pound guy, yet quick enough to better handle the guy under 200 pounds if they're all speed. But know? not a lot of those guys exist. The, that's the whole point. So what's you're the, a what's, specimen physically to separate yourself from the rest of the crowd. So what's your secret sauce, if you will, to get somebody to there, be that hybrid? There is no secret. Just work. The secret is consistent hard work, which people can't sustain. Now take us through how you personally built your 225 combine workout bench program. Oh, just is that over trial the years? and error. Trial just, and error. I had learned from other trainers, like at the time, you know, trainers, you know, had read articles and I had worked with a couple of my strength coach from high school. Just, I mean, it's just been a lifelong process. I mean, eventually I got to the point where I was like, all right, well, I know to build it up. I got to get my one max, my one rep max strength up because if you only bench 315, you're not going to bench 225, a lot of reps, you know. So you got to get that up. Then I got to get your endurance up because time is the enemy on that test. You're like, I would last up to 50 seconds. And then would, die no matter yeah. what. And then that's a lot. Yeah. That's a long yeah. time yeah. to yeah. be oh, yeah. under tension. Yeah. Most people die around people 20, can't 30 fo- seconds. People can't focus for 50 seconds, they're, let alone bench. You know, 20, 30 seconds and they're out. And you got to think because you can only do reps so fast, so many so in a certain amount of time. So if you're looking to do 30 reps plus, you're going to be under that bar 50 seconds up to a minute. You know, it's going to be a while. So you got to better fight off fatigue for that long. So your endurance has to be there as well as your strength. It was just a process. I always loved doing push-ups, so I was, like, supersetting them with the bench, and then it just it turned into that vicious workout that I sent you. It, it's brutal. It kills everybody. So now, in your opinion, if you take somebody, whether they've been working out for years, right, and I do it in quotations, everyone's working out for years, that means they work out, like, what, one or two times a week, or you take someone that works out legitimately every single day, do you believe, based on your coaching programs and your strength and conditioning platform, you can get them to the next level? Every can, single person. I can definitely improve them. Getting to the next level as far as maybe going to the NFL, going to the pros. I say next level personal development-wise, not oh, getting them to the next level and maybe come I, I can definitely athlete. improve and make them better. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely, without a doubt. And I've done it time after time. Guys, girls, men, yeah, women. Whoever. Doesn't matter. If you got a heartbeat and you're willing to work, you can, I can improve you. You said something the other day that you feel or you know within the first minute of seeing somebody try and work out the type of person they are. Definitely, right away. Because I'm going to ask more out of them that's ever been asked of them before. I'm going to ask them to do things they've never done before, uh, You know, especially if I'm in a workout with them. They're going to compete against me, so I'm going to set it off right away from the first set of how it's supposed to be done. And I'm going to see how they react to it. Some, oh, no, I can't, they'll shy, they'll pull back, or they're going to go all in. You know, and that tells me right away the kind of person. Now, if someone pulls back, do you push them or you let them pull back and kind of just like fade it would away? Depend. If it's a girl or some, it would, if it's an athlete, oh no, they're getting pushed. Pushed, no, not stop. Hands, yeah, hands down. Keep going. That environment you're going to be in, you're going to have to better do that. But if it's like a regular bar, you know, an older lady or, and then no, I'll you're kind gonna of. push them to die. Right. Yeah, no, I'll do it within reason. You know, I'm not going to go after them like because i mean they're doing it just for overall health benefits and i'm not putting them through the same thing that i would put athletes through or you know somebody taking it more serious now you said when you were younger you had no girlfriend not a lot of friends and you were kind of a loner yeah right definitely. still am <laughs> <laughs> sometimes when we never grow up right definitely what then caused you to get into working out that hard every day so you'd go in your room and just knock out push-ups nonstop. I mean, because of where I went to school at, like football was, it's a top 25 program in the country since they started putting out the poll. Mostly black, yeah. mostly black people? No, it's mixed. Mixed. It's mixed. I mean, we had uh, a little bit of everything. Honestly, we had, it wasn't, it wasn't all one race or anything like that. Like we had white guys, black dudes, Spanish guys. I mean, it was all mixed. Because back when you played, there were, it was very rare to see a dominant white running back, right? I mean, they had them like 
the, my school was known for running the ball. And they've had, like I said, they signed almost 40 running backs to play college football. Unheard of. I mean, if, yeah, unheard of. Have you heard of that? No, never. Like, no. Almost 30 state championships. The coaches, you know, Coach JT Curtis, he's one of the most winningest coaches. He's the second most winningest coach ever with over 600 wins. He'll be the most winningest coach with like one or two more seasons, and he'll have the record. Walk us through when you were handed that ball off. When you, were, when you got that ball in your hands, when the quarterback handed you the ball, right? What's the first thing that went through your head? Get an end zone. Score. That's it. There was, Doesn't matter where you are. Line, get straight north side, get to the end zone. That's it. Get there. And, and no, that was and expected of you. Like, if I couldn't do that, he told me right away. And my coach was like, you're in the backfield. You're running the ball for me. If you can't score, you can't be on the team. You can't run a ball for me. Go home. How impactful was that hearing that at such a young age? Man, that, that made me. Like, at the time, I didn't appreciate all the stuff. Like, he used to destroy me. Like, he was constantly beating me in the head. He had his state championship rings on. I mean, it hits your helmet. Bing, rattles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be <laughs> That ringing in your ears. And, man, he just, he whipped me when I'm in my stance. <laughs> it was like every day. And I was like, I didn't appreciate it then. But I needed that. Like, that's. Extra push. Oh, there ain't nothing I can't go through now, like, after going through all of that. So you told me a story the other day when you scored a touchdown. What happened? When you scored a touchdown, oh, he got like, mad at you or something like no, that? No, it was. He was never like, oh, good job, or a good run. Like, it was, that's expected of you. Like, celebrating and all that stuff, like, that's, like, why are you celebrating? You scored. You're supposed to score. That's your job. We translate that into today's world where everyone's being rewarded just to do the job that they were assigned to do, not going above and beyond. Why is is that, though? They're rewarded to do what you're supposed to do. Why is that? Society's changed. Everybody's got to be a winner. You know, there's no losers. Like, it's just different. It's a different day and age from when I grew up. And to me, it's making us softer as a society. Do you ever feel like that changes? How does that change? I mean, is it guys like you and I that go out there and just constantly preach that and show that and lead by example? Or is it people that talk, talk, talk behind the scenes and like the masses just fall off one day? You know, I really, I, I don't know. I don't even know how we got here. Like, like if America like, turned into a jungle and came down to survival of the fittest. A lot of people are screwed. Done. Oh, oh yeah. they're done. Oh, yeah. Just hearing America's now a jungle, people are going to fucking leave. They're screwed. A lot are. So many are. So now last year, October 22nd, walk us through what happened. We're going to take you down that path. That was a life-changing day for me. That happened. uh, I was in a a severe car accident. I I really shouldn't be here anymore. The car got flipped over. The side swiped a a telephone pole on my side. The driver, I I was a passenger. And... It flipped over upside down in the canal. I used to after midnight one night, and my seatbelt broke, and I bounced all around the cab, it was a truck. It finally stopped rolling, and it landed upside down underwater. And the canal was only about maybe up to your knee. It's not real deep, but it's enough for you to drown or whatever. And, you know, sometimes they have alligators and stuff in there. And when my seatbelt had broke, and I had, the window was cracked. I was like, shit, I got to get out of here. So I pushed through the window, and it was already cracked and kind of broken. So I had to break it the rest of the way and push through it and then crawl up the canal. And my arm was swollen, like, from my elbow to my fingertips. Couldn't feel it. As soon as I put it on the ground, it was, like, on fire. I had to pull it back. So I'm with one arm and holding my leg. I'm crawling up this Kicking the alligator with one leg. It's (laughs) It's, like, 20 yards, you know, up. And I finally get to the top. The cops rush me, and they're like, You've been drinking, you've been drinking. I'm like, no, I don't even drink. And I wasn't even driving. And that's all they cared about. They asked me, must have asked me 10 times. Yeah, trying to bury it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I think my arm's broken. And then they finally called the uh, ambulance and I was cut all up and bleeding, you know, badly from the from the glass. I got infected. So obviously your first thing was, fuck, I gotta get out of this yeah, sinking I'm like, ship. Oh shit, I gotta get out of here. I'm gonna die. Yeah. 
You, th- you really yeah. came down to it the life or death. It was life or death. Yeah, it was like, I'm going to drown in here or I got to get out. And I'm upside. And I don't know if the car was going to blow up or not, if it was on fire. Like, I, you don't know. I'm like, get up and get out of here. So what's it been like since then? Take us through what you went through. Mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, I, financially, I, all that. Oh, it took, it's cost me so much. My thousand, I mean, it's cost me my right arm. My right arm ain't the same. Like, I can't throw a ball. I can barely write my name. I wrap it up, man, with wire, with tape, whatever I can to hold it in place to try to do something, you know, try to do my own workout, much less train other people and get through it. I mean, it's all out of place. Like, it's dislocated. It's torn. There's a chip bone in there. Like, there's a... It's one of the shit. Several doctors have saw it said it's one of the worst things. But you're still benching trap bar 385, you said? Yeah, I mean, I hit 400. No, I'm miserable. Like, are you talking about, I mean, it's pain doing that. But I wanted to just see if I could do it. And, you know, I was like, well, man, that's taped up. That's a neutral grip. You know, I can't, I'll never bench with a straight bar again or do flatten on my hand again. The best they said if I had us, they could fuse it surgery wise, which I really don't want that, where you could just open your yeah, hand. Yeah, and that's yeah, a yeah, brutal yeah. surgery. I don't want that. And or they reconstruct my wrist totally. But either one requires me, you know, to be out of work for several months, you know, and I work a cash job, you know, so if I don't work, you know, there's no money no coming. No money coming. So it's like, well, so I've been sitting like this for a year. So you said your mother was an, uh, is an Italian lady, right? That's right. Were you more fearful of flipping the car over or fearful of your mother yelling at you? I wasn't driving. The other dude flipped the car. I was on him. But I was embarrassed to call my mom from the hospital to come pick me up. At like three in the morning, whatever it you was. You said she's a tough chick. Yeah, she like really let me have it about that. I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a kid anymore, but yeah. it's like she still yeah. will get after me like I am. And hey, I deserved it, so I gotta take it. What do you believe really put you on the map from becoming who you were as a trainer to now, from the media standpoint, an elite? professional athlete trainer what was that big hurdle that got you over that got you that recognition that took you to the next level where people are dying knocking on your door to come train with you training oh there i guess you think that was yeah, what really that put was you on the way, map the big push like there was a bunch of other guys before that that helped get it known but like uh, that was a really we big were more push. local down in louisiana right. new orleans area yeah so when you train these athletes you know obviously you're up against themselves you're up against their ego you're up against their entourage you're up against their agent <laughs> right you're up against their strength codes so their team people. you're up against all the odds everyone's trying to say don't do that don't do this you know yeah. how do you handle that i mean you know your profession you show your results you speak your results i mean i i played the game you know so it's like these other guys are just talking all this they never even played like they've never been hitting them out they can Ever. talk yeah like they, they can talk about this talk about that i'm like okay that's just like somebody uh, that's never been in a war going to tell veterans who've been to war yeah. about how hard it's been. Yeah. Like, what do you know about it? Or, you know, what, have you ever been hitting them out? Do you know what it's like in the fourth quarter, to, you know, to have to come back? They're worried about their heart rate monitor and all that. I'm like, dude, you don't have time to worry about that kind of stuff. Not at all. Like, it's like I can't death. be like, coach, oh, it's fourth down to 20. Yeah. Oh, coach, take me out the game. You know, I'm tired. My heart rate's not yep. came down. My leg hurts. Yeah. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, all that has to be. Sometimes your training has got to be brutal enough to where you're ready for handle all that. Like, I was never concerned about showing up anywhere to work out or to play against. Like, I was never concerned Ever. about me physically. Ever. I was always prepared or overprepared. So we spoke earlier about taking the same intensity and dedication where you make working out a must. It's your must, right? That's your it. Yet, we don't want to apply that to our personal lives, right? Like, if I had the same attention and focus to X, Y, and Z— oh. 
a post where I did working out. So like you're working out, I'm going to translate that to my career in the mortgage business, right? I went in with more intensity, passion, commitment than I did football because I was the guy that went with the low hanging fruit. Like you could throw me the ball today down the field and probably eight at times, I don't care who's covering me. I'm still going to catch the ball. Like that's just what it is. Am I going to run past them? Depends on who's guarding me, who's covering me, right? <laughs> Am I going to get open? Depends on who's covering me. Right. But if you throw it up, I'm going to catch it. And that's where I made my money in, catching the ball, right? right? I didn't care about size. I obviously worked out, but I didn't do the extras. But when it came to the mortgage business, right, I took pride in that because I felt like I controlled my destiny and I became a student of the game. So talk to me about how you evolved from working out to becoming a student of the game to becoming an expert. That's what it comes in anything. To be successful in anything, that's what it takes. Like, I wish I could find that same drive and motivation, the same, what's the word, the word I'm looking for, to where I could apply that same work ethic, same discipline, same mentality toward everything I do in life, toward being a better, you know, brother, being a better family member, you know, all the, you know, being successful in business or whatever, financially, whatever it may be. That's how you become successful. The person that, 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 that can do that, that's where the success lies. And I've only been able to apply it toward that. And like the rest of my life is lacking because of it. Like I never applied it toward just say, for instance, like social things or making friends or relationships. Like that's why I've came up empty because I never really had the, I never cared. Like, do you think that comes down to like self love though? At the end of the day, I mean, self love is obviously a big word. It's a part of it, like I mean, you don't love and respect yourself, but you show love and respect everyone else. Right. Well, yeah. No, I treat people good. I never treated yeah, right. people bad. I was raised right. Yeah. You know, like my mom no, was playing no that. that. Yeah. Yeah, like I, so many times I hated myself. I was like, man, I look in the mirror and I just want to break it. Still. Yeah. There'll be days when I'm like, man, this is, why, how did I end up like this? Now you said your two biggest whys are your dogs. Talk about your dogs. Oh, man, he's life save. Life save. Tell her when they're names. Dogs, Maggie and Diesel. <laughs> and Maggie's a, uh, a Catahoula mix, which that's the Louisiana State dog. And she's blind and deaf. She was born that way. And Diesel's a silver lab. He's uh, he's an old man like me. He's like he's like seventy something dog years, and uh, he has like real crippling anxiety. Like this room's in my house. He won't go in. <laughs> He'll stop. Still. Oh yeah. Like I, if I put a new sofa, yeah. he won't go sit on it. It freaks him out. <laughs> and like he'll come sit by me and look at me, and I'm like, man. And he's like kind of like nervous about it, like really bad. You said Maggie's your inspiration. Your dog. Oh, she's blind and deaf, dude, and she'll run full speed like she's running down the kickoff, you know, and down the hallway and smash right into the wall. And I'm like, oh my god, is she hurt? <laughs> like I'm scared for yeah, her, yeah. and she'll shake it off like it's nothing. She ran into my knee hard, so I thought I, broke, I thought she broke my kneecap or broke the shin bone, and she just kept running around. She, like she's memorized the out the outlay of my house, so if I move something. Like a table or something, she'll yeah. run right into it. So she's trained herself to oh, know her, yeah, she, her way around. She like still runs into stuff, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong, yeah. especially when she gets excited. Yeah. But it's like a miracle. Now, you've been away for a couple of days now. Talk about the love that they show you when you get back oh, home. Oh, they'll sit. They're going to sit by me like, I may be up to two or three days straight because they're going to sit by me and not leave. And like a lot of times when I get home, like I, I'm spoiled. Like that spoils me. And like that's. No That's reason to leave. No more, no yeah, love like that like, out I'm there. Like, I'm yeah. getting unconditional yeah, love yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah. This is Can't like, do wrong. I'm watching TV. I have nobody about. Like it's like awesome. That has me spoiled. Like at night, like especially in like early mornings, my favorite time is like 4 a.m. when I'm up with them. You know, watching a movie and they're sitting on my lap, sleeping on me. Like that's like yeah, heaven. Nothing better than that. Exactly. As most people probably have seen, you're infamous for the truck push. 
Where did the truck push come <laughs> from? Talk about the truck push. That's something that like a lot of the football players back in the day were doing that, like when I was a kid and other people, you know. And my dad got me. And it's also like if you don't have a sled, like a lot of people don't have just a push yeah, sled. Yeah, you know? buy a sled. Yeah, but a lot of people have a car. Yeah. So pull the car in the neighborhood, you know. Dad would get behind the wheel, steer it, and I'd push it all Keep around. Going. Yeah, and it's if you've never done it before, you gotta you gotta experience it. You gotta experience it. Like we had some girls doing it yesterday. We did, we did, and they got to see why. Like the from a strength and conditioning standpoint, it works your whole body, like all your major pushing muscles. It's resisted cardio at, at its finest. Like it's, you feel so miserable at the end of it. Like it just drains your soul from you. Your yeah. workouts, obviously, they're unique, and you custom make them, obviously, for the individual, but. The workouts that you do, for example, when you do the trap bar deadlift, I believe, and then you explode up vertically, but you're jumping to the side on the box, for example. Walk me through why you're pairing those two exercises together and like what that specifically focuses on. Oh, well, the, the trap bar deadlift. And I always like to take a heavy strength movement, like I was telling you. I'll take that and I'll superset that with an explosive movement. In that case, it'd be a trap bar deadlift and into a jump. You know, whether and what does that do? How does that translate to the field or well, the game? It bridges the gap between you just being strong and taking that strength and better express that strength fast. So, like, you can, you know, they have guys that are just really strong, but they're slow because they can't express all the strength that they have. And then they have guys that are really, you know, really fast, just just naturally, but they're they're weak. You know, they know they can't and they can't lift any weights in the weight room that would impress anybody. You know, and it's kind of how you build and that. That bridges the gap between like just a regular bodybuilding program, regular weightlifting program, but and then being fast and explosive, you know. So that's why I tie those in like that. And a lot of people do it, but I've been doing that since the night. I found that it worked for me back in high school when I was just experimenting with stuff. So you stuck with it all these years. Yeah. And do you believe your workouts are going to continuously evolve? I mean, obviously, you can only do so much as a person, right? In right. general, and there's only so many movements, but like you know, mm-hmm. obviously, there's a video of you with Odell where he's on a bench and he's pushing the ball, messing the ball <laughs> off to the roof. There's right, a, a picture right, of you or a right. video of you holding the trap ball with two girls standing on the side walking, yeah. I think pulling the 18 wheeler or whatever your crazy and you crazy ass know what? was doing. We had an awesome time doing it. I'm sure. You know, cause you gotta, people take it too seriously. Like you gotta have fun. Like if you're not having fun and enjoy what you're doing, you're not going to do your best. If you're dreading to go do it and you're like, oh, I'm just getting through it. Oh, I'm doing this because I have to. No, it's not because you get to go do it. You want to look at it as, oh, I get to go do this. Oh, I'm, this is, I can't wait. This is the highlight of my day, you know? And when this becomes that point, that's when you put your best effort for, because I mean, to do great work, you got to love what you do. In your, in your opinion, what's the definition of work? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean work? Like, like work. Like someone says, oh yeah, I went to work today. And you're like, no, no, I, I put that work in, in the gym. People, you, uh, people, in my opinion, people throw work around like, yeah, I worked so hard today. It's like, oh, you sat behind uh, a desk from nine to five. I'm not saying that's not hard, but being at the gym, working out with you is a little bit different kind of work. Yeah. It's just work is just all different to everybody. Like some people don't even look at working out. They don't even respect that. They look at it as, oh, that's just people that are into them, full of themselves. And they're only worried about is a dollar, making a dollar. And they got other people that that's all they're concerned about is working out and everything that concerned about. Like you have to find balance. It needs to be balance and everything and moderation, you know, the time and place for everything. Like people think all I do is work out, talk about work. I'm like, no, you know, my own workout is 20, 30 minutes, you know, myself. And if I'm in there a half hour, 45 minutes would be the most. Then the rest of my day, you know, if I'm training people, then I, you know, I'll be back in there training people. But if not, I'm hanging out with my dogs or my brothers or family, you know, watching movies, just chilling, you know. So 
we have a pretty large audience here. There's people from all over the world that actually listen to this podcast. One or two in India, one or two in Asia, one or two in Africa. You know, we're, we're, we're going, taking this as big as we can, right? Because the concept of the positive that is to grow. It's to push your limits, to expand yourself, right? But specifically, we're hyper-local to the New York City marketplace and the New Jersey, Northern New Jersey market. We're bringing the down south jungle to the concrete jungle pretty soon. So talk a little bit about what your goal and what your vision is for bringing your workout platforms, your workout programs and yourself up to the north a little bit more often. And what type of athlete or person are you looking for to become your client? Man, it it's just a different lifestyle. Like there's so much more, much people out here and opportunity. And how many people are in like the metro area around here? 20 I think, million? I think there's 8 million just here in New York City. Yeah. Like there's, there's, I don't even know if there's, there might be 8 million total in Louisiana, the whole state. You only better get a hold of so many people. Like this is going to reach a much bigger marketplace, a much bigger, and it's not going to be for everybody. It's not. It's not for everybody. Some people are not willing to work this hard. At Some all. people are not willing to do this kind of stuff. Uh, or can you know they might do it once to try it or for a month, but who's going to sustain? And they fall off. Yeah, who's going to sustain? And this going to become a way of life where they're doing this till they can't do it no more to death. So, in your, would you rather train? A seventh or eighth grader going into high school, a high schooler going into college, or a college kid looking to go into the pros. Ideally for yourself, who do you get the most, you know, fulfillment inside helping? It's more about the person than regardless of age. Yeah, right? like the person. Like it's knowledge is obviously important. Like you got to have a you know a knowledge of what you're doing. You got to know what you're doing. I've studied a little bit about it. But to me, you got to have time under the bar, train yourself to know. Exactly. Cause you, I live this lifestyle. So I know, you know, you only learn so much from a book. So you got to learn the rest of it. Experience. You know, yeah. On the trial. So funny you say that. And I'm like, my whole life I've been saying, shit, you know, when I was 20. I bought my first, I bought my first piece of real estate when I was 23, 23. Yeah. I was 23 in like three months. And the reason why I bought, I didn't even want to buy it. Right. But what I said was, how am I going to know how the person I'm doing a loan for a mortgage for feels when I've never got a place, I've never taken out a mortgage. I've done it, right? I've helped people do it, but I haven't lived it. But I'm also 23. Your average 23 year old is not buying real estate and doing a mortgage, <laughs> truthfully, right? I mean, right. it's what it is. Typically, no. Typically not. There are some, and I have. I had. I did a loan for a kid who was 21. That was like fucking like, yo, I got you. Gave him a fucking sick deal. Paid for his clothes and costs. I'm like, yo, because I respect the shit out of you. You're Young 21 guy. years old yeah. doing this. There's 50 year olds that wish they were doing that. You're 29 years ahead of the game. So myself, I'm like, you know what? If I don't do this, I'm never going to become that valuable. If I've never flipped the property, I got to flip a property. I got to lend money. I got to lose money. I got to do construction. I got to do all these things because then when I'm sitting with somebody that's never been there before, look, I've done it. I might have not always made a lot of money. I might have lost some money, but I got the experience for it. So talk to us about how the people go out there talking, 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 but don't live it. Lord, I, I mean, yeah, I run across people, so many people like, oh, yeah, I played running back. Oh, yeah, I was built just like you. Oh, I'm just, I was just like you when I was younger. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you would never like me. I don't want to hear that at all. I, I don't tell them nothing. I just yeah, listen. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, man. And then, and then some of them even show me pictures. I feel like you're a big listener. You were huge. You listen to everything. Yeah, I try to be. I mean, I try to be. And I've heard it's just outrageous stories. This is just crazy. And I'm like, at this point, it goes in one ear and out the other. Like, because people's worry these days is nothing. Well, that's like, one of the first things you said to me. Everyone's oh full of shit. God. Yes. Everybody's actions betray their words every day. Lord. Like, me, I take pride in my word. Like, if I tell you I'm doing something, it's getting done. Straight up. There's no plan. If I tell you this is, this, this is happening, I'm going to do this, it's getting done. It's not going to be like, 
I'm ghosting out like everybody does these days. They disappear. They don't have a fake Instagram account of oh, ghost following. Oh, Lord. They don't answer your phone. They and people have the balls to say that today. Remember that? You know? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Outrageous. I'm a separate account I follow you from. I don't want you to know I'm actually following yeah. you. Wait, what? I'm like, why are you so weird about it? Right. What, you, it's not that What are you serious. hiding? <laughs> that's what I don't get. I don't understand how people are these days. Like, you know, what is the purpose of. Like I don't, it don't, it's pointless to even get a girl's number or somebody else's number because they're not gonna answer, they're not gonna call back. You know, only when it's convenient. You know, that's when they're around. Like, well, it's just sad as a society. Talk about like the circle or sphere of influence that people have. Like, do you believe that you are a product of your environment? Do you believe you are one of the five people you surround yourself with, or not really? That, I mean, your environment will always play a role. Always. You know, like I know people that have grew up in like poor, dirt floor poor. And surrounded by nothing but, you know, violence and drugs and, like, all the bad shit. And yet, they didn't take part in it and they were able to get out of it. They were. Yeah. Now, that's not many. That's not the norm now. It's rare. Now, that's, yeah, it does happen. But now, if you're in an environment where you're brought up and you're in a good environment and you're pushed and all that stuff and built, set up for success, more than likely it will happen. But there's also people that are brought up and all that, then it all fails for. So it's like I've seen all those scenarios, but I believe that your environment will always play a role. Like it's better just from, say from a working out standpoint, if you have somebody in there working out with you that enjoys working out, they can push you that, you know, y'all gel well together. Like that's an asset to have that environment. You will drive. Him. Yes. Factor. Yes. If if you have a guy in there working out with you that doesn't like to work out, it's, you got to beg him to, to, to show up and then kills it. Yeah, it kills the energy in the room. It kills the, the whole workout. You know, it won't be a success. So that environment will always play a role, but there's exceptions, you know, and everything. So in a perfect world, where do you see yourself, along with the help of others, taking your training business in the next couple of years? Oh, man, I, I'd like it to be worldwide, you know, the the biggest around, you know, where it's part. So they could see, like, you know, the jungle logo or something like for that, and they'll know exactly what that is. They know it's a different breed. You know, it's something different. Like, it's not your average one in a million. It's not some, like, bodybuilding program or some look good program or just some thing that's just some Sexy fad. beach pod. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. nothing like that. Yeah. Like, this is... And uh, there's no secret to anything. Like, it's, no, it's not like I got some special exercise. Or I mean, I'm creative with some of the stuff I do, but it's... I haven't invented nothing or nothing like that. Like, yeah, it's, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, I'm just tweaking stuff up and, you know, and find different ways to load things and just experiment with exercise. Now we asked the question of, okay, so you're going up to do your all time one rep max, whatever it is. Let's say you've never benched 600 pounds before you're, you're getting up to 600 pounds. Walk us through your mentality and what you personally do to hit your one rep new max. I warm up. I go through a normal one for me. Your normal one was probably like what? 300, 400. <laughs> well, <laughs> It's different. Not, not a, before I got hurt. Like, just say, for instance, when I was going, for, when I was testing one time, rep out 225 for the NFL scouts, I was warming up. I went up to 315. I was hitting a couple of times. They were scouts. Like, whoa, whoa, don't, don't wear yourself out now. And I was doing pull-ups and stuff in between, superset. And he, he thought I was going to be tired of gas. And I'm like, I know what I'm doing. Bro. How many reps did you do with 225? Uh, I did like, that time I did like 36, I think. I mean, that's just, that's still ridiculous. Like, I reported my freshman year of college, and I did 32 or 30, 31 or 32. And freshman year of college. Yeah, and I was the most on the team. And you would Combined. Think, yeah, you would <laughs> yeah, think yeah. that, um, that the co- like, the head coach was, like, disappointed. He was like, I thought you were going to do 40. Oh, he was like, oh. what happened? 
And like, geez, maybe like, next time. <laughs> so it's like you know when I when I would does go that and, fuel you though when someone says that or no? Man, it's like the expectations couldn't be any higher for me when I walk in there. Like, that it's hard to live up to all of they like you got to be some great superhero every time you step in there. And so it's a lot of pressure. pressure. Like I've had in there the whole weight room stop, the recruits in there, everybody all eyes on me, the girl, the girl sports in there, like hundreds of people just stop, stop their workout and they're all looking at what you're doing. And it's like, damn, that's, you know, it's kind of, you are your adrenaline's up, but it's like, man, like pressure to perform is there. Oh. Isn't, isn't that where like diamonds is there made from? Like pressure makes diamonds, right? Right. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But it is, I mean, at a certain point though, you want to better go in there. Like there would be times when I was in college, I wanted to just walk in the weight room and just not say nothing to nobody. I'd seen that and I could never do it. Like it always be people watching me. People would see what I'm doing. All eyes on you. Oh, yeah. And it's, it gets uncomfortable at times, you know? Because I'm naturally. You can't be yourself. You have pressure. No, yeah. I'm like, I'm naturally more of a shy kind of person, loner type. To have that is the other end of the spectrum where you more outgoing, and that's like, oh. So I'm sure you heard it all. People, I didn't had some. I didn't even tell you this. Some, some idiot on LinkedIn commented like, "Those are fake weights." He takes steroids, and I'm like, "Okay." I'm, you know what I said to him? It's true. I didn't tell you about this. I'm not, I'm not the guy that pours fuel onto a fire. You know, like right. I'll defend you. I don't need to get you involved. I said, "Why don't you come work out with us?" Oh no, come on, bro. I don't work out with guys anymore. I stopped doing that in high school. I'm like, right, you might want to keep your mouth shut. You know, if you're going to say these weights are fake or he's taking, come, come work out with us, you know, and immediately he backed off. And then what did he do? He asked me to be friends on LinkedIn. I fucking denied his friend request. You know, like, what do you mean a hater for? But so obviously you've gotten that your whole life, <laughs> oh, right? God. Yeah. Like, it's outrageous. Just hating. People hating. Man, people have been thinking I've been taking steroids since 1996, since I was 14 years old been accused of that and i'm almost 40 and i'm still i'm like it's so ridiculous what do you feel i'm gonna take supplements like they come in my house there ain't no supplements i barely have food in my house oh yeah two donuts yesterday (laughs) people are like it's outrageous people could think what they want hey they're gonna always gonna have their opinion and they're always gonna think what they're gonna and you're not gonna change that so hey think what they want to think do what they want that's fine here they want to believe the weights are fake then to them the weights are fake that's fine. They live it in their own. It's their own opinion. It's their own world. Own insecurities. I'm not worried about like that stuff you showed me where the, the, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. had to, took the time out their day to write a paragraph of like hate stuff yeah. and negative comment. Like, dude, who even would take the time to do that? Like, I'm not even trying to do. Yeah, that. What else are you doing in your life? If I'm a couple of comments and be something positive, something you know to try to motivate or help Push. or something nice, you know, or just a joke around, not nothing right. to attack hate, somebody. No, not at all. We, cl- we usually close the show up with a deposit that what's one thing you want to leave people with? You've left people with probably 25 things. Hopefully they can implement into their life, into their workout regimen, into their mentality, you know, whatever. What would you say are the top few things, few things now? We're going to give them multiple deposits that. So I really want people to buy in right now to what the deposit that podcast movement is all about. It's a movement, right? And you're part of the movement. What are a couple things you want to leave all our listeners with where they could say, holy fucking shit. That's intense, and I'm in. Or the other ones, it's not for. Say, you know what? I'm out. Deposit that isn't for me. You got to think of. I think about this a lot. It's like, all right, if I don't go out there and give my best effort, if I don't go out there and try to display excellence and be the best that I can be, what kind of man am I going to be? How am I going to? What is that going to leave me like in the future? You know, years from now, when I look back, what am I going to be remembered for? You know, that kind of thing. It's like so the decisions you make and the way you carry yourself and go about your business now. How is that going to affect you later on in life? Like, what's that going to set you up for your future to be like? You know, how will you be remembered when you're gone? 
all the stuff that you've done and everything. Like, do you want to be remembered as, you know, somebody always made excuses? Or you want to be remembered as, oh, that guy was a champion. That guy did everything. He pushed it to the limit. He's a good dude, good family guy. You know, he was successful financially, took care of his family. Uh, you know, he wasn't a selfish guy. He helped out when he could. I mean, what's, you know, what's important to you, basically? That's what you leave people with. Ask themselves. So every day people need to ask themselves what's most important mm-hmm. to you. Exactly. Is there anything else you want? So, oh, we got these socks, right? We got these socks here that got <laughs> the jungle, the jungle on them. So you sell the socks for twenty dollars a pair. Yes, you sir. want people to hit you up direct? They can hit me up, whatever. Yeah, it's twenty dollars. I mean, look, I can tell you from wearing these comfortable ass socks, man. I felt like I had a little extra pep in my step. You know, <laughs> we haven't hit the field yet. Run you know, we have yeah, We'll test that out later on. I'm, I can't promise I get, get too many endurance in it, but yeah, yeah. The, the, these shits go hard though. So they're on. They're from Strideline. Makes them for me, and uh, they do a real good job. And it's a, a high quality sock, you know. And it's got a little gorilla on there in the yeah, jungle. A little yeah. cool, little logo. Well, everybody, I hope you guys all enjoyed the podcast. We're about to take this shit to the next level. So, Colt, pleasure having you. Pleasure yeah, getting to know you. you. Appreciate I appreciate it, the person you are. And uh, not thank only you. do look having you back on the show, but we're going to make some big moves here in the New York City market. Yes, sir. Appreciate it.